0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the CHGO Bulls podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and be sure to use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I am Will Gottlieb, and in this special HQ edition, I'm joined by my friend Mark Karansoulis. Mark, down in Australia, at MKoops on Twitter, I'm at Will underscore Gottlieb. And Mark, this is an unusual time for us to be recording. It is 7.30 a.m., on in chicago it is what time for you down in australia
1: uh it is 10 38 p.m for me here but you don't and mean, I feel you like, didn't have to give it away we could have pretended well, like that we were live right now
0: well i want we're definitely not live right now thank god <laughs> uh because this is going to be a strange energy i feel like you're more of a morning person and i'm more of a night owl so we're, we're mm. switching roles here we'll see yeah. if we can muster up the energy <laughs> to talk about some more depressing bulls uh ongoings but um, lottery happened earlier this week I think by the time you'll you will be hearing this it'll be Friday um, so a couple days removed from that uh, and Mark I haven't really spoken to you since the lottery obviously Bulls did not get to retain their pick it landed where it was most likely to land which was at 11 and the Bulls would have only been able to have kept it had it moved into the top four so Mark I'm curious to just kind of hear your initial reactions like I knew and I'm I'm sure you felt this way too. Like the odds of them keeping it were always super unlikely. Um, but that mm. small glimmer of hope I think had kept me going at least for a little while as as I tried to figure out what was going to be next. So we we knew it was always going to be unlikely. But what does actually not getting it feel like to you? Do you do you have any takes about you know where where the bulls are now? Uh, where you were after just getting the news that they actually won't have this and that they're going to have to dig themselves out of this mess in a more creative way.
1: Yeah. My, my feeling
0: post the lottery was less about
1: not having a pick, but more so just being reflective of what led them to this situation, I guess. So yeah, it wasn't disappointment that they didn't get into the top four. It wasn't disappointment that they didn't get Wemby. Cause I mean, they had a 90%, let's just call it a 90% chance to not jump into the, to the top four, obviously what, like a, a, almost a 98% chance of, uh, or a little bit more than a 98% chance of not getting Wemby. So from a, like a, a pure probability standpoint, I was not expecting the miracle to happen from that point of view. But I guess what it was for me was just a confirmation of, okay, this is what's happening now. And then in light of that, it just gave you an opportunity to sort of reflect on The Vooch trade, the DeMar trade, all the other moves that have occurred, which have put the Bulls in this situation whereby for a brief period of time, it it looked and felt good, but then it didn't. And then the team just didn't pivot from there and uh, didn't adjust to, you know, the variables change, but the Bulls didn't necessarily adjust with them. So it was just a reflection or a time and 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 then ample time for reflection, I guess, or an opportunity for reflection. So, and in doing so, it wasn't a reflection on the good times as such. It was a reflection of how did we end up in this shitty scenario? So that was kind of my reaction.
0: Yeah. And I think that's fair. Um, like I said, you know, the, the chance was always really small, but there was a chance. And mm. I think given where the Bulls are in their situation right now, that chance represented. A, it was a big deal to potentially sort of have this jump springboard out of the middle, out of um, just like this sort of molass that they're in right now. So for you and, and we'll get into the boot trade, that's what I want to spend most of the day talking about. But um, mm-hmm. just before we do that, like how big of a deal is it to not get this pick? How big of a deal is it for the bulls and their uh, next, let's say, three, four, five seasons to not have this resource to work with. Well, this pick, um, or getting this and, pick, and let's let me just about... clarify too. Let's let's say it was like three or mm. four, because obviously Women Yama mm. would have been transformative, but just yeah. to have gotten like Brandon Miller at three or Amen Thompson at four, how big of a deal is it to not have that resource to play with, whether it was to develop the player on the bulls or traded or whatever it may have been.
1: It's huge. This was this is probably the last opportunity they had to really, I guess, I guess get themselves out of the hole, or at least get some sort of artificial assistance in that sense of, of, of finding a way that maybe we weren't forecasting or budgeting for in terms of ways out of this, uh, you know situation that they put themselves in. This was probably the last ditch effort from that perspective now. I guess there's still other ways that it could happen, but it's it's sort of relying on someone like Pat to just take a massive leap in Year Four, an unprecedented leap of source to for him just to become this incredible player. Like if that was to happen, then maybe that's a path out. Similarly with Kobe, if he gets into that starting spot, we spoke about Kobe last week. Um, that was a good and fun conversation. Uh, if people haven't listened to it, but like similarly with Kobe, like okay, Kawhi's cool, probably going to get that starting role next season. Maybe there's a path out of this if like guys like Pat and Kobe take a leap that I'm not expecting them to make, but because I'm not expecting them to make that leap like getting this draft pick was probably their last opportunity to turn this like I said this shitty scenario around so that's that's where it is a big deal because it was the last it was your last opportunity to do that, and had you snuck into the top four and retained that pick, even if it wasn't Wemby, like like you said, Brandon Bell, how maybe you trade that pick? To, you had just so many more options to do certain things, whether it was uh, like to 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 go back to a retool, go to a real re- rebuilding path around this pick, around Pat and Kobe, etc., or trading that pick to to get in. Uh, you know, whoever it might be, another start to put with with Zach and, and maybe you move on from Vooch and Demar. whatever you do. But this pick just allowed you so much optionality to get you out of this hole that the Bulls have created. But obviously, the pick didn't suffice. It didn't come. And now we're praying for an unlikely, you know, an unlikely player to to take a step that maybe we can't foresee right now. So that's kind of the, really the only way out of this, and 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 maybe that's on Zach too as well. Like m- maybe Zach makes that leap from like top twenty five guy to top ten and becomes the make, makes the leap that Devin Booker has. Like that's another way around it. Again, I don't think that's feasible, but that's kind of what we're hoping for. Like that's all we really have to bank for now
0: yeah and even if he did make a a booker type leap i mean we saw what happened to the Suns in the playoffs like Mm -hmm. it's very difficult to win that way and oh by the way he had kevin durant on his team so i do think that like the bulls i mean we we know this team has a ceiling i think it's obviously from our perspective lower than maybe what the team thinks it is but just talking to a few people from the bulls Um, Over the last couple of days at the lottery and at the combine, like they knew that the chance was really small. They're moving forward under the assumption that they weren't going to get the pick. And I think it would have been irresponsible not to. So, you know, they're, they're looking at this as, you know, business as usual. They gave up that pick and they knew what they were doing at the time. And this is the, the reality that they're in now. Um, and so I'm, you know, it was nice to hear that. They're not just like, Oh, our, our, our entire plan is like the 1.8% chance they have to get one man. like, they're, they're going to figure it out. And, you know, whether we agree or disagree with the the path that they true chooses another story, but, um, yeah, I do think it kind of goes back to that conversation we had last week of like the internal development and sort of having to look inward to be able to build themselves up, um, you know, we had a conversation with Sean Hyken yesterday on, um, on the show and, and he was kind of talking about this. It's been a narrative around the Warriors, but like these two timeline teams where you have like a Damian Lillard and a Shaden Sharp or a Jordan Poole, Kaminga and Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. Like it's very difficult for those things to coalesce. And mm-hmm. it worked obviously in 2022 for the Warriors when they won the championship Um, But again, like those teams have a higher ceiling than the Bulls had because their high end talent is that much better. Um, And I think we saw that too with the Bulls when they brought in Patrick Beverly and moved Pat Williams to the bench. They became a much better team just by having that veteran out there that could sort of be the connector as opposed to a younger guy trying to find his way with that group, which, you know, obviously Pat had his moments last year, but I don't think he was as win now ready to contribute on a win now level. The way Pat Bev was. So um no, no. even even sort of like a back-end buyout guy made a big difference. And mm-hmm. I wonder if if they're ready to pick a, a lane, because they are kind of straddling the middle. Um, and I think that's kind of where we want to go with this conversation now is like the vooch trade and relitigating that, but but also just like how does how does having those three guys Obviously their ceiling is capped, as I've said now a couple of times, but like, how does having those three guys affect the future um, in terms of the ability to have that in- internal development? Um, you know, I've seen a couple of tweets now that have said like the the Vooch trade is paid off. Um, and just to review what actually was incoming and outgoing, it was Nikola Vucevic and Al Farouk for the 2021 first round pick top four protected the 2023 First round pick, top four protected, which became the eighth pick and the 11th pick, respectively, Wendell Carter Jr. And Otto Porter Jr. Um, Because of matching salary and the way that the roster was shaped, the Bulls had to attach Otto Porter Jr., who at the time was making something like $25, $28 million. And by also throwing in Wendell, who was around seven or eight at the time, that pushed you over. 32, let's say, um, and Vooch obviously was making 22, so they had to attach the additional 10 million to Vooch. But back to what I was saying about like the the payment being totally paid off, that's actually not entirely true. Like Technically, it is, but because they had to take back Aminu, that extra 10 million, in order to then rebuild the roster the following summer, bringing in Caruso, bringing in Lonzo, and then going out and trading for Damar, you had to then attach a 2025 top 10 protected pick to Alfa Rukminiu to give to the Spurs for the rights to sign and trade for Demar Derozan, so there's still um, sort of a a pathway of this um, a leg of this that has not yet been conveyed. And as we get through this upcoming season and start to look forward again, I think that will become more and more apparent. But as far as like the results of this trade, and I think you know we we can have a discussion about how the results of a trade impact the process and and the difference between the process and the results Um, the results were not great they missed the playoffs in 2021 Um, obviously Zach got COVID down the stretch and you know they were in a a tough spot to begin with but couldn't make it there um, and missed the playoffs that's ultimately what happened you know it's not like success that they got close they missed the playoffs Uh, in 2022 obviously they made the playoffs they lost in five games. They had a great stretch for the first bit of that season at the end of 2021. Um, and then Lonzo got hurt and it kind of spiraled. And, and that led into 2023 where they missed the playoffs again. So one out of three for the playoffs obviously made the play in. But again, that's not the playoffs. That's missing the goal. Um, so I guess like let's start with the the optics of it. Now that they have missed the playoffs – like and they've done that now 2 out of the 3 years where they've had this group together does that change to you not necessarily the process but just start with like the the optics of the trade like had they yeah. made the playoffs this year had they won that second playing game does this trade look better to you than it does now or is it kind of or is it kind of a wash just because like we know what what the ceiling was what their ultimate upside was
1: um, well, look, I mean, had they made the playoffs, they're not giving up the 11th pick. They may be giving up the 14th, 15th, 16th pick, something like that. So, yes, it, from that pure point of view, it does look better than what it is now. How, how much better? It's marginal, I suppose, but it ultimately does look a tiny bit better. But whilst the trade might be technically complete, you know, the DeMar piece, but we're going to continue talking about this trade for a number of years now. Now, if Vooch comes back um, to Chicago, that's another reason why we're going to be talking about this. Because if Vooch doesn't reason, come back, it's
0: going to be another reason why well, we're going to be talking about this.
1: That's that's where I was heading next. Like there, there'll be a stigma attached to this with that that Vooch carries with this. Unfortunately, like it's not fair on him because obviously he didn't execute this deal, but he's going to be connected to this to this trade so long as he's here in Chicago. But to your point there, like in the event that Vooch isn't here, then you know, you you've lost the guy that you potentially made all these trades for, and yes, it's sunk costs, and we shouldn't be thinking about it from this point of view. But it's very hard not to think about it that way, and to separate it from that point of view. Where losing Vooch, as an example, or, and also the assets that you that you you traded out for Vooch, like it's hard not to think about that or concern yourself with that. So we're going to be continue to we're going to continue thinking about this trade, and I've the the absolute doomer scenario for me and it's it's less about just vouoch as, as a player and losing vooch and those sorts of things, but imagine like the think about this scenario whereby okay you've given up um the the number eleven pick to the to the magic now, but let's just say hypothetically for whatever reason the magic want to bring back vooch via via cap space via free agency this off season. And Vooch, we, know, we, we all know his affinity for Orlando, for Florida. He wants to be back there in some sense, or, or maybe not necessarily be back there now, but he likes the area. He loves Orlando. He was on Austin Rivers' podcast the last week or the week before talking about how much Orlando, the city of Orlando meant to him. Now, just imagine a scenario where he was to walk in free agency agency this offseason, use part of uh, the Orlando Magic cap space to sign with the Magic. He goes there as an unrestricted free agent. Not only are you losing the number 11 pick to the Magic this offseason, you've given up Franz, you've given up the pick that became Franz, you've given up Wendell Carter Jr. You've given up the number 11th pick. I Just imagine a scenario where Vuc goes back to the Magic this offseason. Now, again, it will be whatever it will be, but like if that was a scenario where if that scenario were to play out, like we would still be talking about the boots trade and the the effects and the optics around that boots trade in that certain scenario, whether he goes back to the Magic or whether he you know signs with another team or whatever it might be, even if he comes back, like we're still going to be talking about this trade for a long time, and we're going to be talking about it even more. Like if the number eleven pick, whoever the, the Magic draft at number eleven, like if that player becomes a good decent player in the same way that Franz Wagner has that you like Franz Wagner sort of exceeded value for the number eight pick uh, so far through two or three years of his career. Now, whoever they take at number 11, if that player does something similar as well, like again, throughout that player's career, we're going to continue to reference this trade. So this idea that the trade is now complete and that we're going to stop talking about it. um, I don't think that's going to be the case.
0: Well, let's stop, stop talking about this for Two seconds here as we uh, read some ads. Um, I will kick things off by telling you about our friends at Fubo TV. Fubo TV has 140 plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream them live on any device. So, for example, I'm headed to DC this afternoon, which is why we had to adjust our recording time uh, to go to my brother's graduation. And if I wanted to watch, let's say, the Nuggets whoop the Lakers ass tonight, just, just, just a guess. Uh, I could do that on Fubo TV, on my phone, on my computer, because you can watch from any device. You can also watch most Chicago sports for the lowest price on any device. And you can start watching immediately with a seven day free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. You just sign up and start watching. You'll also get a thousand hours of cloud DVR with no extra charge. And you can, like I said, watch local teams while traveling. There's a ton of events coming up this summer. Uh, Obviously, the NBA finals, you know, Cubs, Sox, you can watch on Marquee and NBC. So if you want to watch any of those teams or others, check out Fubo TV. You can use the link in the description to sign up for a 15% off your first month with Fubo Pro. Beautiful. And
1: William, I want to tell you about CHGO's beer. It's Chicago's beer. And we are so proud to be uh, supported by our friends over at the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. We're talking about the flaws of this Bulls roster, but there are zero, I mean, zero flaws with this Goose Island Beer Roster. You've got the Goose IPA, the six-time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest. It's always in style. That citrus aroma that's just just a beautiful, beautiful beer and then when you've once you you know had a, had a sip of that you can uh, chug down a tropical beer hug as well or a 312 wheat ale or pocket pills the matilda ale which is my fave whatever you want whatever you want to get your hands on our friends over at goose island have just a an assortment a huge list of beers that you can down so if you're uh, if you got a, an event coming up if you want to go watch the NBA draft well yeah, i was going to say the lottery the lottery's been running one but if you want to go and watch the NBA draft um, not that the Bulls will figure much into that, but if you want to get together with some friends and you know have a bit of a draft event, why don't you head down to one of Goose's two famous establishments? You can either go down to the original brew house at Clybourne Avenue uh, in Lincoln Park, or maybe you could head to the tap room on west on, on on Fulton Street in Westtown, rather. So two locations to have a great event with with your mates, drinking some goose Island beer. What a better time. what well, you, you could've you couldn't even you know, think of a better time. At least I personally couldn't. So get down to the Goose Islands, two establishments, get one of these beers in your hand and uh, thank me later. So uh, we appreciate you, Goose Island.
0: Uh, Chicago's beer. So let's get back into Chicago's trade here. Um, what actually went wrong for you? Because I think, like you kind <laughs> of alluded to, the the trade itself, what like the process... What went wrong for you? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, there was a, there was a question on, uh, I was watching like the, the heat Celtics game and obviously the, uh, heat won last night and Jimmy was being interviewed after the game and the reporter was like, how critical was the win for you? And he was like, critical, like (laughs) it was a critical win. (laughs) It's the conference finals. What do you think? Um, so hopefully I avoid asking questions like that in my reporting career, but like from, from a process standpoint, obviously we know what the results were. But how, what, what actually went wrong from a process standpoint here? Because I think like the idea of making a trade for a guy and pushing chips in isn't bad on its face. But I think for me, where it starts to become a problem is one, the value that you give up for it, because we've talked about this a ton and I think it's worth repeating, Booch is a good player. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like he's Mm -hmm. a scrub that the bulls just like unloaded the clip for, but Players have value that can be assigned in two ways. One is the dollar amount that they're making during their contract. And that's why people get frustrated about Zach because he's making, you know, a max deal, $40 million next year. Um, But you can also give up value in terms of picks and assets that you trade for them. So Vooch, I think was on a good contract and that was part of the value that the bulls were trading for, right? It was a declining number. It was only 20 million. He was an all-star. His, his game projects to age well because it's not reliant on athleticism. It's reliant on skill. Um, So not only are you getting an all-star player who's, I think it was 30 or 31 at the time. um, He's on a declining contract. It was a value deal. And so, Where it becomes complicated is that you overvalued him in terms of assets. And that's why trading the future picks and the players has come back to bite them. Um, So for me, like trading for that guy isn't wrong in theory. It's that like the outgoing value exceeded the incoming value. Um, So that's, you know, that is what it is. But I think more importantly, it's not the like, it's, you have to trade for the right guy in that sense too. So like giving up a one pick for DeMar DeRozan, I think while probably unnecessary, given the fact that they weren't bidding against anybody, like the value there is fine, right? Like you've you've gotten more value out of DeMar than you would probably get out of the 11th pick, even if it's for a a three-year period or two-year period with the Bulls. Um, Mm -hmm. So for me, it's more like, is this the right player? Do the picks and assets outgoing match the value of the contract and player incoming. And as good as Vooch is as a player, as an individual player, I don't think that the outgoing value has matched the incoming value. And that's why people get frustrated with Vooch. And I, I feel bad for the guy because like, to your point, he's not, it's not like his fault. He didn't, he didn't make the trade. He didn't like, you know, it's not like his doing that, that it hasn't really worked out. Like, Obviously, yeah. he had a good season. Um, Zach had a good season. Damar had a good season. But it's like the combination of players hasn't worked. Um, and I guess that's like on Vooch to a certain extent because he's one of those players. But he's not the one that made the trade. And that's why I think the criticism of him has been a little bit unfair. And that criticism should be directed more at the person who made the trade. And uh, And that's because the incoming value has been less than the outgoing value.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And th- this is there's multiple layers to this. Like we can look at this based purely on what was sent out for Vooch, but what was sent out for Vooch was conditional on in in the sense that it was, you know, based upon what the Bulls results were. So we, we touched on it before that the, the the twenty-one pick become the eighth pick because the Bulls ultimately didn't didn't have that uptick, that quick swing that they were hoping for post the trade deadline. Obviously Zach got COVID. A few, I mean, they tried to remake their roster at the deadline, but they didn't necessarily complete it or fully complete it. They were trying to get Lonzo at that deadline. Obviously, they were trying to try to trade Larry Marketing at that deadline. They didn't do so. So the team wasn't remodeled completely at that point, which contributed to them not necessarily doing what they were hoping to do, which was probably trying to push towards the playoffs in 2021. And instead of handing over the eighth pick to the Magic, maybe they were trying to think, uh, maybe if we get good now, we bring in Vooch, we do some things here on the periphery, we add a player next to uh, to Zach like Vooch, maybe we can be a, a low, if not like a, a low-seeded playoff team, than a team that just misses out. And we're handing over like the 12th or 13th pick to the Magic. Now, if that happens, they don't draft. Basically, what happened last year,
0: right? Like you, you get the 18th pick, and you give up and Terry area pick, and I think that exactly that's that's a much more palatable outcome. But anyway, go on.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if that happens in 2021, and they don't have Franz, and then you don't have Franz with Paolo again, that changes the optics of the of the of the trade, and obviously that's a results based perspective of how it works, but that's how people would be viewing it. Same thing now with the 2023 BIC. Had the Bulls been better this season, had they finished with a a greater record than 40 and 42? Now, there's a a ton of reasons as to why that didn't happen, which we've all whined about on this podcast before. But the the reason this this trade continues to look bad is because they finished so poorly this season or they didn't have the season we hope they could. And again, like had they had a better season, had they won 46, 47, 48 games, something like that, had they had the had they had the season the Knicks had as an example. Again, like the Knicks big three, I don't think is ultimately that much better than than Chicago's. Like Jalen Bronson, Julius Randle, and um who Barrett. am I forgetting? the Barrett, RJ Barrett. Like that that three three-man combination is not like a you know a star-started comb- combination. Like, yeah, okay, cool. Randall made The All-NBA team, but we saw what he did in the playoffs. Jalen Bronson, very good player, missed out on All-NBA, probably a top 20, top 25 guy at the same level that Zach and Damaris. The the difference between the Knicks and the Bulls is like they complemented their star guys with a deep roster that made sense around their guys. The Bulls didn't do that. And because of that, like the Knicks are handing over the 23rd pick to the Portland Trailblazers in the offseason. Or in the in this draft now, had the Bulls had a similar season to the Knicks had had they done had they gone out and built their roster in a in a functional way that made sense around their best three players like the Knicks did this season, then instead of giving up the eleventh pick in this draft, the twenty twenty three draft, you're giving up the twentieth or the twenty second pick in this draft, and in doing so, again, it changes the optics of the Vooch trade. So it is very results based. Um, and it changes how we view the the Vooch trade itself. But to your point, it trades how we view Vooch and uh, how we view Voo, Vooch and the uh, like the value that we assign to him. Because if if the Bulls are only giving up, you know, uh, very mid late first round picks and Wendell Carter, then what the the way people view Voo, uh, the Vooch trade and Vooch and the value they assign to him is very different at that point. Given the scenario has played out here where you've given up the eighth pick, the 11th pick and Wendell. So it sucks for Vooch that this is the way that his tenure here in Chicago is going to be discussed, but ultimately that's the way it's going to be discussed and it's disappointing. Um, And like I said, it's not necessarily going to go away. And again, continuing what I said before about how this, the optics will continue to change and how we're going to continue to relive this trade for the next few years. Like, there's a world as well where the Bulls signed Vooch to a big, lengthy, fat contract in the offseason. And at that point as well, that changes his value, that changes his optics, it changes, again, how we discuss this trade. So the the conversation around this ain't dying anytime soon.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, back to the sort of optics of it, again, like, the idea Mm -hmm. of making this trade, I don't think is a bad one. Like, you put sort of a central Mm -hmm. hub next to Zach Levine at the time, you know, they didn't have that primary go-to score like Zach had some of that capability, but had the problems of like not being able to be a reliable late game shot creator, um, being more of a scorer than a primary initiator where he could really create offense for other teammates. And so you put that pair together and I think they had the potential to really elevate one another. Um, And then you got and make even more trades where Lonzo and Caruso come in. And I think the idea there too is to do exactly what you just said, similar to the Josh Hart deal where Mm. you bring in guys that can compliment them for, you know, a price, but not like you're mortgaging the future. And, um, and, and those guys can elevate Zach and Vooch and like create a situation where, you know, they, you know, play above the, the sum of their parts. And, um, I think to a certain extent that would have worked had Lonzo stayed healthy, obviously again, a results-based thing that, that changed the scenario. Um, Mm -hmm. where I think funny enough, like it got even worse is the way that they traded for DeMar. And I think, like I said, that hasn't really like entered the mind yet because this 2023 pick has just been at the forefront, but like there was a world where they did they did go more in they did add more future picks to go more all in on the present and go get a guy like Tamar. um mm-hmm. you know at the the rumors and reporting are that like the only deals out there for Tamar were like mid-level exceptions and the bulls gave him 28 million so it's like a 17 18 million dollar raise on what was at that time the mid-level exception you have to go you have to get a sign and trade in order to bring that kind of money in, which is fine, but then you add the additional pick. And so in that sense, like you are adding more future assets to go more all in. And I do think that also shapes the optics and the results of the Vush trade. So um, in that sense, I don't think it's over either, but this idea that like you can go um, more in, you can, you can continue to you know, invest resources into the current group. I think they tried to do that um, and where it gets a little bit complicated and where it gets a little shaky and, and what I think has resulted in part of in addition to the Lonzo situation, but also in addition to the fact that this group just hasn't been as good as they should have been as good as the front office hoped they would be is that they kind of stopped. They kind of stopped going in. They kind of ultimately decided against investing more and more resources. And Mm -hmm. I think that was probably okay. Like there was a time in 2021 where, you know, you have the, the 2020, uh, what would have been, it would have been like the 2027 or 2028 pick that you could have moved. You had the Portland pick that you could have added. You've got Patrick Williams and Kobe white that you could have done something to make a deal to really go all in. So in that sense, they like, they didn't go completely in. And based on the results that we've seen, that was probably the right move. But also, had they done that, that might have changed the results that we've seen. That might have made yeah, it this would. last season, mm-hmm. that would have potentially you know, decreased the value of the pick in 2023. Uh, who knows what will happen in 2025, and, and maybe that looks even worse in 2027 because Damar and Vooch are already pretty old. But um, I think it's, it's sort of uh, an interesting distinction because on the one hand, you've got the front office saying well, we believe in our group. We believe in the potential of this trio of Zach, DeMar, and Vooch. But at the same time, they're unwilling to invest more resources in them. So how much can they really believe in that? And so it's sort of this like interesting dichotomy where they're not really picking a lane. They're continuing on with the young and the old pathways, which again, it's very difficult to thread that needle. Um, and it just kind of like the, the words and the actual actions don't necessarily match up for me. Um, which I, which I think is okay because I think, you know, had they, had they continued to invest resources, this could have gotten really unwieldy. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you would think about that just in terms of this idea that they could have gone more in, but Mm -hmm. sort of going halfway and starting to, to build something, but then pulling back at the last second, because, it hadn't worked the way you wanted, or of got injured, or whatever the reason it may have been. That also, yeah. you know, affects the current result.
1: Well, I, the, this is my main problem with this entire thing, and the, the thinking when you trade lightly protected first-round picks is that these picks are going to be inconsequential of sorts because you are going to continue to build around whatever team you're putting together. You're going to ensure the team that you are putting together through that period where you owe those picks is going to be the best possible team that you can put together. And in doing so, it makes those picks less valuable because instead of giving up the 8th and 11th pick like the Bulls have done, if you put together a team where you have gone all in, quote, quote unquote all in, which they clearly haven't done this time around, I know some people like to say they have, but they have not, when you don't go all in, when you don't build the best possible team, and when you do build a team that has a thin margin of error—probably only has six or seven, you know, capable rotational rotational players that a coach can trust, particularly in playing type scenarios, let alone playoff games. In that example, you're going to get what you get, what you got with the Bulls. Now, had you gone in a little bit more, had you not tried to do the two timeline thing? I mean, we, we talked about it at the time. Like Lonzo was hurt at this time. We didn't necessarily know what was going to be happening with him because it was the start of his injury, but we were talking about trading Patrick Williams at that 2021 trade deadline. I, I still think there's a world where you trade Patrick Williams, you trade Joe Jones Jr.'s uh, expiring contract, which at that point was $10 million. You could have put, put together $16, 17000000 million of salaries pretty easily, and you could have got yourself a Jeremy Grant, someone like that.
0: Now... That would have that's uh, probably the, required you to spend money that I think they were unwilling to spend. Well, but we'll course, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Of course.
1: If if that is a caveat in the background, then they'll doomed from the start. But assuming let, let's just park that component for the moment and just look at this purely from a you know an asset management or a transaction point of view. Like, but I
0: but I do think that's part of it too. Like that mm-hmm. the mid-level exception and going into the tax, like that is part, that's one of your resources, right? And it's another way in which the bulls decided to not go fully invested. And, you know, well, go ahead.
1: Well, I mean, if, if that's the case and irrespective of what, what they did, um, if you have these constraints apply, apply to the, that you can't use the mid-level exception in, in full because it'll, it'll hard cap you or you can't do this because it'll put you over the tax. Then, doesn't really matter what they did. Like even if they didn't make the Vooch trade, if those if those constraints don't exist, then it's very hard to build a team that can um get past what the Bulls have ultimately done here anyway. So but putting those constraints aside, like you just had to do this because You've put together a, a three-man combination between Demar, and, and and Zach, which is a good three-man combination, but it's not good enough. You need to really bolster the pieces around them. You needed to have Caruso and Lonzo healthy the complete time for it to make it work. And in the event that, that they weren't healthy, you needed to have depth behind them to replace them. We know that, that, that Lonzo and Caruso were not healthy and the Bulls did not have that depth behind them because they did not invest in, in the resources to make this a... A capable nine to ten man rotation, where they could have put themselves in the you know that fourth or fifth seed running in the Eastern Conference. And again, had they done that, that doesn't result in a title. Whether it makes sense to give up you know additional assets or pay certain people to make that happen, we can argue about that you know to the end of time. But ultimately, like that would have made this trade, the Vooch trade, look better than what it did today. And going back to my point, like when you're going to be trading picks like this. Uh, lightly protected first-round picks, well, you need to know what your owner will or won't do for a starters, to your point. Like, if, if ownership weren't going to allow you to use all possible avenues to add to your team, then don't give up light, lightly protected picks. So that's that's a mistake that I AK made. But in the event that you are going to give up lightly protected picks and you don't necessarily have these ownership constraints, then you have to continue building. You have to use your mid-level exception. You, you can't do the two-timeline thing. You can't just, you know... Not bring in a point guard when you know Lonzo is going to be out for months and months and months. Like at the 22 offseason, Lon- Lonzo had been out by, by six months at that stage. You knew things weren't right with Lonzo, so your one remedy for that is to sign a 30-something-year-old Goran Dragic who didn't even last the entire season with your with your squad. Like you can't do that level of shit. Like you have to, you have to continue to add your t- add, add to the team to ensure that the picks that you don't give up or do give up rather, aren't bad. But conversely, obviously, you're making your team better by doing these sorts of things. So uh, yeah, they didn't go all in. They stopped probably at 75% in. And um, that's the frustrating thing about it. It didn't have to be like this.
0: And I think what's important to note here is that like going all in, one way to do that is to give up more future picks. Um, I think it was smart to not do that given the direction that we saw sort of was was coming here um mm-hmm. where like you know yes that would have helped the immediate get better to where like the value of the 2023 pick was not 11 it could have been 15 or 16 like you said but then maybe the value of 27 pick is what basically we we got from the 2023 pick now where it does end up 11 or better because that core just couldn't have lasted that long so i think In that sense, like it was probably smart, but there are other ways to invest. And I think that's where, to your point, that kind of set them back a little bit and did make the Vooch trade look worse because they're giving up a a better asset. So for example, they could have traded the Portland pick. We don't know what's going to happen with that. I think, you know, we had this conversation yesterday. So if you're interested to hear more from the Blazers perspective of the potential for the Bulls to get back into the first round or whatever it may be, um, that, that feels like it could be less likely now because the the value that the Blazers got by moving up from five to three in the draft makes it such that like Simons, who was going to be their you know, young player plus money and the third pick is way more valuable to teams that want to trade than Simons plus the fifth pick because you know you have either Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson in this draft. And I think that's much more appealing than you know, it, it's kind of a four player draft in that sense. And so um, that affords them the opportunity to retain their picks, to not have to give something up to regain their future flexibility. Um, we don't know what the the long-term value of that Portland pick is, but I think best case scenario, it's around like 16, you know, they end where the bulls kind of did this year, but maybe make the playoffs and the bulls get the 16th pick. So that's best case scenario. Um so that, that could have been a usable asset, but I think other teams also know that that could just never convey. They could end up with nothing for that. Um, actually, I believe it would become a 20-28 second. But the point is, like yeah. that was a resource that you could invest. Um, Derek Jones Jr.'s $12 million contract when they acquired him yeah. uh, in the Larry Merkin trade, mm-hmm. if you combine that with um, Patrick Williams or some, somebody else, I mean, that's like 15 $20 million that you could have Used along with that Portland Mm -hmm. pick to bring in a nice, solid player on a good contract. Um, Ultimately, the reason they didn't do that is because they wanted to reserve space to be able to give Zach the max while staying under the tax. Uh, That was a lot of rhymes. Um, And so that was part of their their future planning. Um, But it does sort of represent ways in which they could have invested more heavily without necessarily going all in. Because I do think like, and we've seen this, since the bulls made these trades where trades where you go three or four future first round picks unprotected and you know, a young player like Rudy Gobert obviously is like the extreme example, uh, but even like Donovan Mitchell yeah. or DeJounte Murray, where it was like three unprotecteds and a swap and a player mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that can look really bad. And so I, I think in only giving up two picks and the young player, um, and protecting those lightly, like that's that's where you end up with the Vooch caliber player instead of the Donovan Mitchell caliber player, and that affects the outlook. That affects how the value of the outgoing picks. Um, but that could go terribly wrong. Like you could end up in the Hawks situation where you know Dejounte doesn't really help put them over the top in the way that they wanted, and now they've got other decisions to make. But I think the outlook piece and where they go from here and how do they recover from this is interesting because like in the Timberwolves and Hawks situations, you have cat, you have Trey young that you can flip and regain all of those assets. And I think the bulls had an opportunity to do that at the trade deadline. They could have recovered a first round pick in this year, and maybe even an additional one in 2025 to recoup Mm -hmm. the assets that you give out to bring the score together while still having, you know, a solid group of players that you could sort of retool around if you wanted to go that way. Um, And so I think to not, and I'm not going to sit here and say that like the Hawks are definitely going to trade Trey Young now and recover all those assets. The Wolves are going to definitely trade Cat now and recover all those assets. We don't know what they're going to do, but they have that optionality. And what the Bulls have done now is waste three transaction periods where they could have either gone more in, to your point, and uh, decrease the value of the outgoing picks from the Vooch trade, or they could have conceded and sent DeMar out, sent Caruso out, um, sent Vooch out. Like, I think that was a huge mistake to now not have control over that situation to, to where you do recover all of or um, part of or even maybe, you know, get even more assets than what you gave out and be in the plus. Um, but they didn't do that either. And I think that, that really sets them back a lot. Um, I think that prevents them from improving their outlook. It prevents them from having movable assets to where they can, they have the flexibility to again, Mm -hmm. improve their outlook. Um, and I think that's where you end up in this situation where they are now, where I kind of tweeted this out the other day, but it's like you miss the playoffs because your team that you invested in was not good enough. You don't have any cap cap space to go out and sign guys. You don't have any draft picks to go out and improve through the draft. Um, you aren't able to spend into the tax and use that resource to be able to sort of spend your way out of this mess. Um, Damar's coming up on a free agency. Fuoch could walk for nothing. Like this is a really dire situation and I want to get more into the outlook, but let's take a quick break here before we do. And Mark, can you tell our friends about Shady Rays?
1: Yes, William, I can. So friends, if you want to take on the sun with gear that is built to last our friends at shady rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with the absolute best premium polarized shades that are on the market and the best thing about it it's all an affordable price so shady rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers world-class product that's just as good as any of these designer brands that you see going around that people are wearing on top of their head that they're spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars in some cases thousands of dollars these these sunglasses are not worth it why would you bother doing that when someone like shady rays exists you can get durable frames that are extremely clear in terms of their optics whether it's for outdoors activities getting around the city whatever it might be wear shady rays get rid of these designer crap that you're wasting money on so that's not all though folks because our friends at shady rock our shady rays offers The most insane protection in terms of eyewear, in terms of the lost and broken replacement policy. So you won't get this anywhere else. But in the event that you break your pair or you lose your pair, even if that's on day one, you walk out of a store, you walk out or you you get them online, whatever it might be. You break them somehow on the first day. Our friends at Shady Rays will hook you up with a new pair, no questions asked. So not only are you getting a great pair of sunglasses, not only are you getting them at an affordable price, you're getting, you're gaining confidence with this purchase as well that you can have uh, reassurance, I suppose, that in the event that you lose or break this pair of sunnies, well, you're getting a new pair free, no questions asked. So we really appreciate that uh, our friends at Shady Rays exist and we appreciate the fact that they support us here at, C- at CHGO. So exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. So go to shady rays, shadyrays.com and use promo code CHDO. And when you do, you will receive 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. So try them out for yourself. Shady Rays have over 255 two hundred fifty thousand five five-star reviews online. So uh if you're interested, friends, use our promo code CHDO and uh support those people that support us. And uh we appreciate you, Shady Rays.
0: Mark, can you help me uh,
1: tell our friends about ComEd? I can, William. So the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future.
0: That is correct, my friend. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or other industrial processes. How, how does it work with do you know? I do, and I'm happy to tell you, Mark. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. After that, within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project cost, potential incentives, and simple payback. So if you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule a free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Did you say comed.com slash Will. Powering biz, B-I-Z biz, schedule it today. Um, okay, so let's, I mean, we are we are technically like at the point where the Bulls, the output of, of draft picks that they gave up specifically in a vacuum for Vooch, obviously like the other ramifications and timelines uh, still ongoing, but they're at the point where Vooch's contract is up, the outgoing picks are up. And I think the biggest question now is like, where do they go from here? Because there's a conversation about, you know, the the protecting the asset, right? Like, do you re-sign Vooch in order to maybe trade him down the, the road, stay above the salary cap so that you can operate as an above-the-cap team, which is what the Bulls did in 2021 and sort of set them on this pathway? Um, do you let him walk and just take the lump and, um, and try to find a new way um, do you try to retain him so that you can run it back again? Um, what what, what can they do? Like what are, I, I mean, I kind of laid out the options, but like, what what can they even do in this situation that tries to set themselves up better for the future? Because I think, you know, if they are going to continue on this pathway, they need to continue to invest. And that investment can't just be run it back. So if they're gonna resign Vooch, what are, what are the next steps? If they're not going to re-sign Vooch, what are the next steps? Well,
1: I mean, there's a lot of things they can do, um, but it's probably involved going backwards to some degree or tr- you know, making holistic, massive trades that this franchise seemingly doesn't want to make because it goes against the continuity theory. So there's a lot of things they could do, whether it's trading Zach, whether it's trading DeMar, trading Caruso, whatever it might be. Hell, maybe you trade this You could even trade some of these younger guys, and and like we said, go all in on. Not necessarily go all in, but uh, if you want to, you know, commit to the big three even more, you could do that. I'm not suggesting they should, but like there's there's a, there's a whole myriad of ways this could go still. But the reasons why those uh, why those options don't necessarily exist is possibly the ownership. Um, piece that we talked about before but also maybe just philosophically ak just doesn't want to do that maybe he just doesn't fundamentally believe in uh those holistic changes maybe he still believes in this continuity nonsense maybe it isn't just something he says maybe it's something he truly believes so uh there's a bunch of things that they could do but if they're not willing to entertain those things as ak said in his end of season presser where a rebuild is not something they're, they're considering well okay cool well then if that's the case then we take off you know, however many options that that do possibly exist, whatever that number is, you'd you take them off the board because the, the team is ultimately wanting to take them off the board. So, like I said, there's a million things they could do here, but if they are putting the, these constraints on themselves, then obviously they limit themselves as to what they can do. So, uh, that's part of the reason why they keep going back to continuity, unfortunately, because they bo- they're boxing themselves into continuity, which is why they keep going back to it. So, uh what they will do, William? I have no idea. Um, like I said, there's a lot of things they could do, but what are, what are they prepared to do? That, that's the fundamental question.
0: Well, I think that's a really important thing to hit on, which is that like there are worlds where they do have options, right? They can invest more resources, and I'm not saying that's a good idea, but they could. In theory, do that. They could use the full MLE. They could go into the tax. They could trade the Portland pick or future picks or whatever it may be to try to reinvest in this group. You resign Vooch, you bring back Kobe, and then you additionally go out and find talent um, via trade and or free agency, but it requires sacrifice or investment to be able to do that. Um, but I think that's the pathway towards sort of the goal that I think they want, which is to be in the playoffs. Um, how far they want to go in the playoffs remains to be seen. But like, I think obviously the stated goal was to make the playoffs. That's what they want to do. And if you miss the playoffs, the way to get there is to add talent, right. Is to try to improve your team. So they could do that. That could be a potential pathway. They could also go backwards, which it doesn't seem like they want to do, which is what it is. Like, I think it's easy for us to sit here and say, they need to blow it up. They need to undergo another rebuild because there's much more at stake, I think, for the franchise um, in terms of the optics of not being a tanking team in terms of selling seats. And again, not saying I agree with that. That's not the way that I would go. But I think from the franchise's standpoint, that's part of the calculus. You know, That's something that they have to consider. Like I said, right or wrong, that is something that they are considering. Um, and I think the other pathway is to just stand... Sam Pat and stay the course and hope that this group, which was on the fringe of making the playoffs can be slightly better, can hope that Lonzo comes back and and push them back into obviously not the category that they were in before he got hurt because that would be impossible. I think, you know, I don't really like to deal in absolutes, but there's no way there's like 0% chance that Lonzo comes back is the same player that two years older Vooch, two years older DeMar are the same players to where, they can be at that first place in the East level again. I think that ship has sailed, um, mm-hmm. but they could stay in the playoffs. And I think that would be, again, that's the goal. Um, so they could do that. But again, that, that kind of goes against what they, what AK, what the front office has been saying, which is that they believe in the group. Because if you believe in the group, you should want to invest more into it. You should not just say like adding talent will disrupt the locker room chemistry you know, they were in 12th place when they got Patrick Beverly, they move up, they went 15 and nine or 15 and 10, if you include the play in, um, to end the season. And that was like a proud moment for AK. He said, like, you couldn't have done better than that. And that's probably true. Like that's a really good finish to the season, but it happened because they invested more resources. They found a way to improve. And so they could do that, but by not doing anything, um, not only are you not improving your fortunes, are you not decreasing the value of the outgoing picks that you've already sent, you're also um, you're decreasing the opportunity, the spending power that you have to be able to improve because now Vooch is an unrestricted free agent and you can't trade him to try to get something better down the line because Damar is now in the final year of his contract and a team who wants to trade for him only gets one playoff run and then has to deal with an extension which you're going to likely have to face next next summer. Um so I think by standing pat, it's not that you're standing pat. You're actually losing value on your guys. Your guys are getting older and, you know, not to say that like DeMar's going to fall off a cliff, but like guys do gradually decline as they get older. I don't think that's like a you know, grand proclamation that's just like not holding any water. I mean, that's how it goes. Like LeBron mm. is one of one because he is one of one. That's why he's still able to do this at your in year 20. And he's also not the same player. Like he he just isn't. So like these guys don't last forever. And I'm not even sure like what you could get back for tomorrow right now. But the fact that, you know, they are they are unwilling to take a step back, to take two steps forward in two to three years. Um, that doesn't mean that they're gonna like just be as good as they were last year or better, because they are an aging group. Um, they as, as the guys on the team get more expensive, like Kobe will this year, like Pat will next year, um, it becomes even harder to add more resources. And I think that makes it harder to compete. So um, right now, by doing nothing, I think you're getting worse. There are other teams getting better, like Indiana is going to be better next year. They mm-hmm. have the ability to add a, a seventh pick to a team that was 500 when Tyrese Halliburton played that was not that won't aggressively tank down the stretch of the season. Um, a team like Detroit, who's getting Cade Cunningham and the fifth pick or whatever they trade for it. They're going to be coming. They have upside internally to where they could take a jump forward. And the bulls don't have that because they haven't been able to reinvest in younger players because they haven't had their own draft picks to be able to add talent internally. That's not really on the table for them. Obviously Dale and Terry could take a jump and I don't want to like, say that's not going to happen. Same for Pat, same for Kobe, same for IO. Um, But it's probably unlikely, or at least there's less of a chance of that being, um, you know, a reality than the Pistons improving with Kate Cunningham and, you know, whoever they get at five. Um, The Spurs are going to be a lot better. Like these teams are all going to be improving. And so I think just the natural course of this team, should they continue to not do anything is to decline. And so maybe they end up being pretty bad next year and getting a high draft pick anyway. Um, But I just think like, and I've said this a million times, if you're not actively improving, you're getting worse because everybody else is actively improving. There's always a couple teams that tank, but given the landscape of the league, given the fact that it's kind of wide open right now, there's not like these two super teams in each conference that are going to meet in the finals. And that's how it is. Teams are competing and the bulls are, are one of them. They're trying to anyway, but everybody else is getting better at a, at a pace that exceeds the bull's pace of improvement. And that's assuming the bulls are improving, which I don't think they are. So there's a world where like, you know, yes, this, this thing is going to run its natural course. And that will maybe happen a little bit more slowly, but they are headed that direction anyway. And so to lose the value on the resources that you do have, I think sets you back even further. Um, and that's why that that's kind of the the bigger point that I wanted to get here get to here today is that like by not doing anything you are decreasing the value of your own resources and your own picks and your own players to where it becomes harder and harder to improve down the line and the longer they wait the harder that gets like I said maybe they become accidentally one of the worst teams in the league or they run into a Portland situation where they just kind of realize who they are and, and decide to go towards the bottom next year but there's not a Victor Wimbanyama in next year's draft. And yes, the Bulls didn't get lucky. Um, they could have moved up had they, you know, we don't know what the fortunes would have been had they decided to tank. Have they ended up fifth? They would have moved up to third in the draft. And that totally changes your outlook. So um, I do think changes need to be made. I understand from the Bulls' perspective that they're they're unwilling to whether they admit it or not, invest more resources in a group that just hasn't been good enough. I get I get why they wouldn't do that. Um, I get why if the mandate is to try to be in the playoffs that they wouldn't trade away their good players and, and take, take a step backwards. But there are still ways to try to improve now. And you have to do that if the ultimate goal is to make the playoffs because right now they're headed further away from that goal than they were even last year. And that's assuming Vooch comes back, which is a whole other situation that we're going to have to see how that goes so I think this is going to get worse before it gets better even if it's on accident well I mean if it's on accident
1: then you're ultimately wasting everyone's time you're wasting the fan base's time by continuing to push continuity continuing to you know put out the same group of players if then if you're not adding to that team then you're wasting the fans' times, but ultimately you're wasting the the time that you do have with Damar and Vooch and even Zach, to be fair. like, Which makes this... the trades look worse. Exactly. So we knew when these deals were made, when you went out and inquired Vooch and Damar that these were 30-something-year-old guys, that you had a finite time with them. You had a th- maybe two, three-year window with them realistically. Now, we're very thankful. We should be very thankful that Damar has been this good because... I hate to think what this could have been like if he wasn't this good, um, and didn't outplay, you know, the expectations from him on from an on, on court perspective. But you're wasting their time as well. Like this is what now it's it's been two seasons. You're going into year three of this of experiment now. Like if you don't m- do anything notable around these guys and you bring it all back again. You're wasting the fans' time, but you're also wasting their time. You ruin, You're you're wasting the last good remaining years that Vooch and, and Demar have. But like Zach's twenty nine next season, you've wasted ultimately two two and a bit th- two and a bit seasons of his of of his of his prime here when you've paired him with Vooch. If you continue just to do the same old thing next season, you're you're wasting another year of Zach's prime, and ultimately we're going to be in the, the same position that we were with Jimmy Butler six, seven years ago at this point where you've got a guy who's 28, 28, 29 years of age, a really good player, someone that you would want ideally to keep on your team. But then when you look around what's left thereafter with him, there's not a lot there, which ultimately leads to a scenario where people want to trade jimmy butler and we're going to be having the, we already have had those conversations around zach like what what are we doing here with zach like we may as well trade him because there's nothing uh, really around him that makes sense to keep uh, to keep this thing going so it yeah you're just wasting everyone's time i guess by just continuing to do to do continuing to do the same thing year after year and just assuming for whatever reason it's going to change so
0: um and that's not well, ideal that's wouldn't. like that's true even if the goal is just to make the playoffs like Even if a championship is nowhere in sight, like you're Mm -hmm. you're you've already failed to do that. You're not getting better. Mm -hmm. If you're not getting better, so what is the what what is the upshot here? Um, I think, like I said, I get why they would be hesitant. Even if I disagree with the reasoning behind it, I get why they would be hesitant to make moves that set them backwards. I also understand and agree with you know, the idea that reinvesting in this group now, which is again, two years older than last time when they probably should have done this is also a bad idea, but this thing is headed in a direction anyway, where they're going to have to make some changes that are outside of their control, right? Vooch and Damar unrestricted free agency. Um, that is outside of their control. They may have to overpay again to keep those guys, which even further changes the value and the perception of what those players are worth as basketball players. Um, And I think that could put them in an even worse position. So they've got some real decisions to make. The rest of the league is getting better. Um, The new CBA makes it even more complicated and we'll eventually get into the the details of that and how the bulls will either be affected positively or negatively. Um, But somehow Mark, we have rambled on for an hour. I always wonder if we're we're doing this rundown and I always wonder if we're going to like make it, we, Just got a couple of notes in here and then it's an hour and 10 minutes later and somehow we've done it again. So let's, let's call it a day here. Um, Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the CHGO Bulls podcast. Make sure to sign up for a DraftKings account using promo code CHGO. Uh, You are Mark K down in Australia at MK Hoops on Twitter. I'm Will Gottlieb at Will underscore Gottlieb on Twitter. Uh, Check us out as a group at chgo underscore bulls we'll be back next week matt dave and i on monday to get more into the summer fun and mark you and i will be back at some point next week as well for our weekly hq edition but for now everyone thank you for tuning in we will see you next time